Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for this opportunity to worship you, Lord. We thank you that you give us this shelter from the storm here, and we pray that you would shelter our hearts, Lord. Fill us with the hope of your holy gospel. And we pray that you would place your words in my mouth that I might preach them faithfully, Lord, and that you might speak to our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. So good to see you all today. Well, what's it doing outside? It's pouring, right? And you might have seen one or two of these on the ground. What's this thing? A branch, that's right. And um, anyone see any of these fall in these storms? Yeah, sometimes the whole tree they're attached to falls, right? Um, What causes these things to fall? Does the wind cause them to fall? Age. Who said age? That's right. Age certainly can. Listen to this. Maybe you can hear it. Brittle. Right? That didn't sound supple, did it? It didn't sound alive, did it? There was no, like, xylem and phloem flowing in xylem and around in that thing, was there? No, it was a dead branch. So what caused the branch to fall? The wind or the fact that it was dead? (laughs) Both, that's right. Eventually, this thing would fall off one way or another. Right? It would rot off and fall off that tree because the branch was dead. The wind just exposed the weakness, didn't it? It just revealed what was already there within the branch. That's what storms do, don't they? They test things to see how strong they are. Right? You can have a roof that's got terrible shingles on it. This is something pertinent for us, right? Right now, having just got a new roof. Right? Your roof could only be terribly roofed, and that's fine as long as it's sunny, right? It doesn't matter if you even have a roof sometimes. But when the rains come, when the wind blows, that's when it tests what kind of material your house is built out of, right? Same thing with the branches. Okay, so, um, Jeremiah. Anyone heard of Jeremiah before? One of the coolest names in the Bible. If we had a boy, we were going to name him Jeremiah. I love that name. Just so we could say, Jeremiah? (laughs) So, Jeremiah was a prophet, right? And... He was just an incredible prophet in the Old Testament. But his life was rough. You know why it was rough? Because God filled him up with his word, right? These words that Jeremiah had to preach. But nobody listened to him, right? God told him this at the onset of his ministry. He said, you'll preach faithfully, but people are not going to listen to you. They're going to ignore you every time you preach. Can you imagine what that's like, preaching and preaching and preaching and having people not listen to you? (laughs) That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? So he was called the weeping prophet, and for good reason, right? His ministry stunk. It must have been miserable for poor Jeremiah doing that year after year and seeing the destruction of the land he loved because people weren't listening to the words of God that he was proclaiming. So, in our passage from Jeremiah 33, God tells his people about the fulfillment of his promise that he made to David, right? God promised David that an heir of David's would always sit on the throne of Israel. And in this passage, Jeremiah 33, God said that he was going to bring it to pass. He was going to fulfill his prophecy, or his promise to David. The way he would cause this to happen is, according to our passage... He would cause a righteous branch to spring up for David. 
Now, why would God need to cause a righteous branch to spring up for David? Anyone know? What's that? They were a little weak until then. Absolutely. David's family was a train wreck, right? We've talked about this a lot in this last year. But let's go over it again because understanding David and his life and his family's life is critical for us understanding God's salvation plan. Right? David is one of those watershed moments. So David was the second king of the United Israel, and he was the king who God chose. Right? Saul was the one the people chose. David was the one God chose. And he had some great victories and some terrible defeats. Remember, he had one child rape another one of his children, and then another child killed that child, killed the rapist one. Uh, and then that same son went on to usurp David's throne, and chased David around. David ran around for his life for a while because his son was sitting on the throne and trying to kill him. Uh, is this a good story so far? Right? Is this kind of a success story? It's kind of the ones that you'll hear on Oprah, maybe? No. Jerry Springer is more like it. That's right. Absolutely. So um, this was David's family. It was a wreck. Things were terrible in David's family. But then David's son, Solomon, rightfully took the throne. And whose child was Solomon? David and who? Bathsheba, that's right. And who was Bathsheba? That's right, the wife wife of one of his warriors, the wife of Uriah the Hittite, one of his closest um, soldiers, one of the ones who was highest rank in his military and most trusted. Uh, David had stolen his wife when he was out at war and had made him his wife. Whatever, David had taken his wife, and she became the king's wife. And then he had Uriah killed just to cover up things and smooth it over so they didn't have to worry about, you know, a lawsuit or anything like that, right? So um, Solomon is the second child of that relationship. The first child died. The second child is Solomon. And Solomon is the one who sat on the throne after David. And what was Solomon known for? Being wise, right? Solomon was... uh, so wise that the queen of Sheba came and visited him and brought him gifts, all this kind of cool stories about Solomon's wisdom. Uh, but Solomon was, did a great job as king until he didn't, right? I mean, eventually he just stunk at being king. He had a thousand women in his life, and, um, and that just was not good, right? So I don't recommend that. <laughs> From the pulpit, hear it. I do not recommend a thousand women in your life. Not a good idea. Um, But what he did is he ended up worshiping their gods, which was bad news. So um, Solomon did fine until the end of his reign when he just became a lump and didn't do anything good. Um, But then his son, Solomon's son, took over the kingdom. And after he took over, the kingdom divided in half, northern and southern. You had the kingdom of Israel in the north with Samaria as its capital, kingdom of Judah in the south with Jerusalem as its capital. And so that nation of Israel, which had been unified by God since the the conquest of the promised land, was divided three kings into this whole king process, this king test. It was a royal failure. Okay, so... um, So why did God need to cause a righteous branch to spring up for David? Well, because God had judged the line of David and had cut it off. 
It was a stump. In other parts of scripture, they call it the stump of Jesse, because Jesse is David's dad. There needed to be a new growth on this stump. There needed to be a new growth because the rest was all dead. The coming of this new branch would change everything, according to our passage, because he would execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. The new king would rule with righteousness and carry out justice, something that was woefully lacking at the time, and safety and salvation would come as a result of his leadership. The passage we have here closes with the enigmatic verse, and this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. When this branch of David comes and saves and judges rightly, the name of Jerusalem will be changed to the Lord is our righteousness. This change to the ruling of the this change due to the ruling of the righteous branch is so phenomenal phenomenal that the name of the capital city will be altered to reflect this new reality. And this is significant because there is a new hope in this ruling. You see, the problem with David and Solomon and everyone else is that they all fell short. They all blew it. They all couldn't fulfill the righteousness that they were called to. But the hope in the righteous branch is that righteousness will no longer depend upon us, but upon God. That's why the name is changed to the Lord is our righteousness, rather than we are our own righteousness. We call this message the gospel. And we know that Jesus Christ is the true righteous branch that Jeremiah foretold. He is the one who would fulfill righteousness for us. He is the one who lived in perfect relationship with God and died for our sins so that through believing in him, we could be saved. Jesus is the righteous branch. And just as that living branch brought life to the dead stump of David, so did that righteous branch, when it was nailed to the dead wood of the cross, brought life to the world. This storm that we've been experiencing the last few days has been pretty incredible, hasn't it? The wind and the rain have tested the trees to see how strong they are. As we hear the wind lashing against the church, let's consider our lives. Where have we put our hope? In success, beauty, fame, comfort? These things are like that branch, right? They're not going to hold weight, are they? If we put our hope in those things, when we put our weight upon it, or when the wind blows, it's going to break, collapse, and fall. These things are dead. They have no power to give life to us and nourish us. My friends, every Advent, we are reminded that a day of judgment is coming, when what we have built our lives upon will be tested and revealed. Let us build our lives upon the hope of Jesus Christ, the righteous branch, who alone can give us life through faith in him. Let's pray. Lord God,
We thank you that you offer us hope through your Son, Jesus Christ, the true righteous branch, Lord, who came to this world to die for us so that through faith in him we could have life. Help us, Lord, to build our hope upon nothing else, Lord, but you and your righteousness and your faithfulness, Lord. Help us to trust you, Lord, so that when the winds come and the rains fall, Lord God, and the judgment day is here, we will be found to have your righteousness upon us, Lord, not trusting in our own. We pray, Lord God, that we would dwell in your grace and that your hope would fill our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.